to the latest episode of the Adelan Rising podcast. We're your hosts, Saren, Doc, and Adam, and today we've got quite a bit to cover. We're going to talk about Miss Marvel number 14, Mosaic number 4, Uncanny Inhumans 18, which was an IVX tie-in, IVX number 2, and we've had some uh, updates on the uh, Inhumans television show, which was kind of cool. So we'll be talking about that as well uh, after we discuss our comic books. Yeah, comic books. Yeah, let's jump in with the comics. So, yeah. uh, Doc, you want to give us a recap? Let's start with Miss Marvel 14. Oh, a great issue. It's the beginning of a new story arc. It's an excellent jumping on point for new readers. Um, and uh, it's quite an interesting read. Um, you know, uh, Miss Marvel's come back from her summer vacation in Karachi. She's trying to get back to life as normal. By playing some, uh, it's sort of a man. She's playing online gaming. It's a, a version of World of Warcraft called something. World like of Battlecraft. Battlecraft. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a very clear it's rip. A thinly veiled <laughs> analog. Um, so she's having fun. She's playing. She's doing really well at the game. And at the end of her campaign, one of the uh, one of her called a raid. Yeah. Right. Okay. A raid. Uh, <laughs> one of her her online compatriot says, you know, mentions that he knows where she lives um, and who she actually is. And very apropos, her colleague is actually a troll. Um, and uh, <laughs> Who, by the she... way, that troll is totally ripped right from Warcraft. Just, <laughs> just saying. They totally ah. just, like, took the game and just plopped it right in the comic book. It's like a dead ringer. Just so you know. I'll take your word. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> So so she logs off and she's absolutely freaked well. out because um, this this person this online person knows who she is knows where she lives um, could very well know that she is secretly Miss Marvel a superhero um, and normally she would get Bruno and Michael to help her with computer related stuff but Bruno's off in Wakanda now and Michael is um, really sad and not available so she has to do all the internet sleuthing on her own. It takes hours. But she tracks back the IP address or some sort of science attack routine that makes her lets her figure out who this person is, and then she travels to across the, uh, the Hudson to New York, and um, she thinks she knows who her stalker is, but it's just this guy. And he's like, no, uh, actually, I got... That wasn't me. I got my, my IP got... Uh, hijacked and that was someone else so she doesn't know who it was and she's quite scared and she goes back to New Jersey and then <clears throat> a car tries to run her over a, a tractor trailer tries basically anything with a, a, an onboard computer suddenly comes to life and attacks her and she runs away to the bodega that Bruno's family owns to try and um, hide and, and to formulate a plan and then the Bodega comes to life and all the uh, TV monitors flicker on and it's this troll's face and he's like, I know who you are, Kamala Khan. Ah, ha, ha, ha. And that's to be continued. Um, so it's a fun but creepy issue. Yeah. Anyone who's spent any time on the internet, you know, it's not just online gaming where, you know, you can be stalked by trolls. So I think it's kind of a relevant issue yeah very. To everyone my experience in online gaming has 
nothing like that, thank God. But uh, it's scary when you have like someone who that's scary as shit, actually. So <laughs> it's it's kind of a dark arc for Miss Marvel when you really think about it. Yeah, and it's definitely relevant for today's kind of kids and stuff. Um, I mean, with Miss Marvel being a really popular character, it's it's kind of good that Marvel are kind of almost tackling it because it is a potential issue for for kids these days. So it is, and I think too, it's not something I remember when I grew up. You know, the internet was just becoming a thing, and it was always don't give your information out online, don't do this, don't do that. But for like my nieces, my nieces are like Kamala Khan's age, and they're. I mean, I have to sit there and tell them you guys don't do that and they just kids that age at this time they don't really care yeah. to hide stuff I, I think when when i went to when i was in school um which was not quite as long as go as you guys but uh <laughs> Boy. um you know we we did have a lot of the whole um you know be safe on the internet and that sort of stuff but it's become a hell of a lot more um not well, do I say dangerous? But I, I guess the internet these days is actually a lot more um, all-consuming than it was back in the sort of mid two thousands. And oh, people, yes, yeah, privacy people, no longer exists. It's, yeah, uh, exactly. It's kind of you go on the internet right. and you're, you're you're on Tumblr, you're on uh, Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on God right. knows what else. Um, whereas when I was first starting out on the internet, when I was in school, they didn't exist to the extent that they do today. And and that's that's the kind of that's the relevancy of it is it's totally different right. ten years on. And and the kids say they like raised on the internet. It's like they yeah. can do it by the time they're five, and it's like part of their everyday life. Where when I was growing up, it was just starting to be a thing. So yeah. it's just really like my nieces will give in. I'll hear them do something. I'll be like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <Or I'd... laughs> yeah. And and kids googling stuff as well. That's that's a big problem as well. So well, it's, uh, it's sort of, you know, in, in the comic book world, there's this willing suspension of disbelief that right. uh, people won't be able to figure out the secret identities of these heroes. You know, in the modern age, uh, anyone with half a wit could probably use the Internet to figure out that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, that yeah. Kamala Khan is Miss Marvel, that right. Bruce Wayne is Batman. And so we just say, OK, this we'll just pretend that's not the case. Um, but. The, the fact of the matter is that uh, you post something online and you think you're anonymous. You're not. No, you're um, absolutely not. And and, uh, and it's, 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 it's it's really easy these days to just go to something that somebody posts on the internet, and you can get their IP address from that, and then you can get a rough location from that, and then you can you know essentially do what's happened in this issue, and that's the scary thing, because. You know, it's like you say, you have no anonymity on the internet these days. And, yeah, I, I think it's bold for Marvel to sort of step out and just say, you know, this happens in real life, right. which is, is good. The other part of it is that, uh, that as uh, technology is growing, you know, we're getting – they're beta testing self-driving cars here in Chicago. Mm. And I would imagine that – I mean, I don't really know anything about hacking or whatever, but someone who's good at that could – ostensibly um, hijack the operating system of a self-driving car and turn it into a weapon or reroute uh, power companies, waterworks, and turn that into a bomb. And uh, we're moving so fast that security and safety can't 
quite keep up. Um, yeah. And it's a it's a it's a concern for the future. And I, I I really appreciate this book being fun, but at the same time, um, you know, tackling very relevant concerns. Yes, it's relatable. I mean, the, the, actually, you saying that about self driving cars and security of different things. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Black Mirror. Um, I don't watch TV. Well, it's on Netflix, actually, to be fair. So, I don't really watch Netflix either. So it, it, It's it, sort of the uh, English version of the Twilight Zone, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. But this, this most recent <laughs> series, which is um, solely for Netflix, is kind of a, a more international thing. But um, the last episode in the most recent series uh, actually has um, like robotic bees. You know, bees are dying out and all that sort of stuff. And they get sort of hacked... And I'm not going to spoil the story, but it's because it's, it's a really good story. But that's the I kind read of about it. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of thing that you know is is poten- can potentially can happen. And uh, yeah. I know it's, it might be deeper than sort of <laughs> where Miss Marvel was headed, but it, it just kind of yeah, you just kind of reminds me of it. Really. Well, Miss Marvel, I uh, G Willow Wilson posted on her Twitter actually like a parental advisory morning for this arc. Yeah. Saying uh, that this that this arc is going to go a little darker than some of the other arcs have previously, um, she says something like, "If if your kids can get past like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, they'll be fine. But yeah. anything, anything, if they can't, then they they might not. This arc might not be one for them to read right yet." Yeah, that's really good, and that's really that's really sort of down to earth of her, and understanding, and and again, it's you know, you, you sometimes you just read superhero comics just to get away from the realities of life and yeah, you know, God knows recently we've needed them. But um yes. <laughs> more than ever. Yeah, but it's kind yeah. of this one does kind of just reek of reality, I suppose, is it does the best and way that's of putting okay it. too. Yeah, exactly. That's okay too. And I think if- sometimes sometimes, you know, and I this is gonna be kind of funny because when I was a kid like I didn't want my parents telling me anything. And sometimes the lesson you need to learn is better learned from somebody who you don't know. And if you're learning that lesson through a comic book, so be it. But at least you're learning the lesson. That's kind of my opinion. Yeah, that's it. I don't know. You know, and and uh, yeah, I, I we could probably write, we could probably talk about this all day about the you know online security and stuff. And we don't want to get up on our high horses or anything, but it is right. it is nice to to see a dose of reality actually in comic books. I suppose you know. <clears throat> And the art, as always, is fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. uh, by oh, I'm so bad at this pronouncing this fellow's name, <laughs> uh, Takashi Mishishawa. Um, uh, he's great, and Ian Herring's uh, colors, as always, fantastic. Oh, and yeah. it's neat the way oh, that the the uh, the darkness of the story is juxtaposed by the um, sort of cartoony anime. Uh, style of the illustration it makes for a really neat juxtaposition um, and there's def- a lot of gamer lingo that went over doc's head <laughs> yes it did we had to sit here and explain for 20 minutes leroy jenkins to doc yeah <laughs> before we started recording so that hasn't quite sunk in yet i mean to be, to be fair you did show kind of your your age at that point <laughs> Sorry, Doc, I right. still love you. Yeah. Um, so, moving on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about another fantastic issue. Yes. Um, I think I would like to start off talking about the art because Carrie Randolph, oh my God. He I like this would have been a hard arc or issue to draw, I think, for any any artist, but he pulled it off so well. 
Like, yeah. it's absolutely amazing. And yeah, he's brilliant. It's Carrie it's Randolph, just... uh, Tony Salas, and Emilio Lopez working in conjunction, I should mention. Yes, I mean, it's just a beautiful comic book. Like, you just guys just need to, if you're, you know, I mean, you should be reading Mosaic anyway, but, I mean, the art on this particular issue is just absolutely fantastic. So, yeah. Can we have a recap, it's, Doc, uh, of number <laughs> sure. four? It's, um, you know, it's very much a continuation of the of the sort of really terrible day that um, Morris Sackett is having. Um, he, he starts off uh, as this great celebrity who's actually not a very good guy. Um, but after Terragenesis, he loses his corporal form and becomes this this ghost who can body jump into other people's bodies and, and absorb their knowledge and whatnot. And he has no idea what's going on uh, for him. But he figures it out this time because he has leaped into the body of the Amazing Spider-Man. And um, it's... Uh, the Spider-Man's brain is a lot more than, than uh, Morris was expecting it to be. It's, it's quite um, a, a complex place, and it takes him a while to figure out what's going on. Um, as he aptly puts it, uh, damn, Spider-Man is freaking smart. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? The, um, the actual, when he was sort of talking about all the sciencey stuff and that kind of thing, I couldn't help just but just read it a bit quicker than what I'd normally read it. You know, you get like right. the, you know, some really quite clever people and they just talk so quickly. And right. I couldn't help but yeah. kind of put that kind of twist on it because it's almost like he was learning like r- ridiculously quickly, ridiculously fast. And I was worried yeah. that his, you know, his head might explode or something. But right. he's well, taking in all of the sciencey stuff that, that Peter Parker knows all about, like quantum physics. and Well, not and- just that he's like because it sounds like at the beginning he's like he's got to run he's got to run he's got to keep moving and he's got to run so it, it seems to me that maybe that might be a little bit of peter too like he's just got to keep going as spider-man because i guess i would assume that's his spider senses i don't know but it's just <laughs> like i don't know i thought that was interesting too yeah he had to... well so i suppose we've got that we're kind treated of... to the sorry carry on <laughs> No, no, I mean, the, we get this wonderful splash page by uh, Randolph Silas and Lopez that has, you know, the in the comic, the, the mental plane is illustrated as a sort of like web of uh, honeycomb digital awesome images. Yeah, coolness. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's uh, amazing. It's like synapses and whatnot. And um, it shows the sort of uh, what... Morris is trying to take in is all this information and he basically borrows Peter Parker's intellect to instantly pretty much figure out what's happened to him he's like oh my god I have been, I have uh, been transformed into an inhuman this is where these powers come from um, but then before he is able to <clears throat> glean more this uh, sort of uh, legion of spider-men different iterations of spider-men attack him and these are like mental antibodies that are you know peter parker has had his mind controlled like more times than we can count so he's over the years developed mental defenses and mm. they manifest in the form of these different spider-men who are fighting off mosaic so we get a cool battle scene that takes place on the backdrop of this uh, neat cerebral plane um 
And in the end, he's like, you know what? You keep your secrets. I don't need to know your identity. I'm just borrowing your body because I got to go talk to my dad. <laughs> right. Do you, <clears throat> do you know, I, um, so going on from that, I really enjoyed that whole mosaic Spider-Man fight actually on the, I guess it kind it of, was it, it was awesome. almost like, yeah, it was almost like a psychic plane almost. I know, I know that, um, was it Jeffrey Fawn has said that the, the actual like possession is physical and not mental. But um, I, I feel like his his powers are kind of leaning up to some sort of like hive mind effect. Do you guys know what I mean? So yeah, it's uh, like it, it it's kind of like because he takes over people and then they can see him because they are a part of this hive mind, and uh, and the fact that they kind of the the whole bi- uh, the transfer of information is kind of bilateral, so it goes from one to the other, but also from the other back to him, and it kind of suggests to me that you're creating almost like a big network of people, like a, like a mosaic. Um, oh. You know, oh. link it all together. Um, Look at Adam, go. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, I it, never would have thought of that. Thanks. It, yeah, I mean, because well, somebody asked on um, comic book resources, and I basically said, would Morris's mind turn to popcorn? And he said, um, and th- this is a quote direct from him. He said, we're trying to give the reader clear clues to how Mosaic's powers work, what the limits are, etc. Rather than just saying, Mosaic can't possess rocks, we want to give the reader as much about, uh, much, uh, let me say that again, we want the reader to know as much about his abilities as he does. Some of the guesses have been pretty good, pretty close, but no one has really cracked it yet, not even Morris. Let's just say, as we've seen, while he can get into most of the bodies he finds, not all bodies are created equal, and some of the enhanced humans have some interesting hoops for him to jump through, and before or if he gets full control. So, Spider-Man is kind of one of these enhanced humans. Well, he's not... Is he enhanced? He's like a mutate, isn't he? A human mutate. He's got radioactive spider blood. Either way, he's still enhanced, I would think. Even if he's a mutate, he's still... Yeah, yeah, he's enhanced by that spider bite. So... And it's interesting because Spider-Man is kind of one of the smartest guys in the Marvel Universe. And the fact that Morris can kind of take over him is, you know, suggests that he's incredibly powerful. I mean, we've seen that the uh, previews for IVX4, is it? Um, I see. Yeah. I keep yeah he's, in, he's looking to show up. Yeah, and he's, you know, trying to take over one of the most powerful mutants there is. So, Oh, that's, yeah, that's the preview for 4. Is uh, Yeah. The, the cover is him... Taking over Magneto, which would be pretty awesome. Insane. It would be, and I, I I can't wait to see that. So, but I mean, you I would know. love to see that issue from. I would really love to see that issue from uh, Morris's point of view. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's what I want to see. But, um, uh, there was there was one other thing I wanted to sort of add about Mosaic because um, he's it's kind of a different origin story to ones we've really seen before because it's. It's not just about him discovering his powers, but it's how he kind of gets on with them morally. And yes, there absolutely. Was, there was a book that I was reading sort of earlier this year, must have been over summer, called Death Sentence. Um, Death and, Sentence. Yeah, so it's basically um, <laughs> so it's basically an STI, <laughs> which is a great start, gives you superpowers, but it also only gives you... Uh, six months to live and then you kind of die of a horrible power overload essentially but it kind of follows these guys that um yeah yeah it's it's a bit of an odd one but it's a great book honestly great read i highly suggest it but it's kind of it follows i I will do it kind of um 
it kind of follows these guys and how they deal with their powers morally and it kind of it linked into that quite well and i thought it was quite a good uh route to go down so yeah i'm, well, enjoy- I'm enjoying it no go ahead sorry no it's okay you carry no. on well, you're 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 talking about morally too, and um, there was that part in a mosaic where he stumbles across um, Uncle Ben's advice to Peter about how great uh, power brings great responsibility, and and Morris is like, screw that, and uh, <laughs> yeah. basically, and um, which I thought was really the big contrast between someone like Peter Parker, and then you have someone like um, Morris who's just like, no, you don't. You don't do that. You own what you have and you use it to get what you need is basically what I took from it. Yeah, he's yeah, very he's well, very self-conscious. It's we're well, not self-conscious but has, self Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't have any reason to try to maintain the status quo. You know, like superheroes, they're fighting for law and order, truth and justice, the American way, what have you. But, you know, Morris, he's lost everything. And he has no stake in the status quo, no reason to fight to maintain things how they are. He, so, you know, the, the, the route to being a hero is not as, as clear as it might be for, um, you know, other people who have had, uh, who have had an easier time. Um, it, it's, it's quite interesting. And you're, and you make a, a great point about how, um, <clears throat> Thorne and Randolph have have chosen a real slow boil approach to this origin. You know, yeah. back in the in the golden age, an, a, a superhero's origin story took half a page. You know, they got it out of the way as fast as possible. And in the silver age, it was you know maybe an issue or two. Now, you know, this whole all four issues is still very much the origin tale. I think that um, I think that kind of matches up with with like TV and movies though these days because. Especially in TV, like, uh, for instance, you go back to the the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. first few episodes, you kind of have the first half of a series almost relating to one particular theme, but also getting to know the characters, the characters' development, and that kind of thing. So I kind of think that as media has prog- progressed, it's kind of got into that whole, well, more is more. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? More is more. Yeah, so, so more issues, more... Um, yeah, information and character development is better because people enjoy that more. At least they have done recently. I love character development, so I am. That's why I'm totally loving this arc of Mosaic because that's how you kind of get into the nitty gritty. I think to see how they handle it at the start. I think that's kind of gives you a good baseline for a character. So when you have only like a one or two page origin story, I don't feel like I know that character as well going into it. I guess right. And I, I don't know, I really like to know my characters, so I, I, and I tend to follow the more solo books than the group books for that very reason anyway, so. Yeah, that's kind of the same for me, these days well, anyway. It's a, and I, I, I feel like it's going to be so interesting over down the line with Mosaic, because, you know, just in the first four issues, we've seen him occupy the bodies of a young black teenager, an, a, an older Asian businessman, uh, a Latino would-be criminal, a white paramedic, and then um, a woman who turned out to be the lesbian lover of his girlfriend. <laughs> so he, right. and then Spider Man, and then on top of that, Spider Man. So he has quite literally walked in the shoes and felt the feelings of all these different people, and it's uh, he's going to come out of it with this this very broad sense of cultural identity and ethnic identity, and it's um, it's going to be cool. 
It is. Yeah. It's it's if you're not reading this yet, you really need to be reading it cuz this is going to be a book to watch. It's really really good. Yeah. yeah. And, and and unfortunately though, there is there are those that have, uh, have pointed out it's um it's sales figures, which I don't want to go into because I don't like to take too much notice of sales figures, but still in the top 100 uh, top 150 or so. It is, but the other thing you got to keep in mind too, though, is that he's already showing up more as Mosaic. It's already showing up in other books. I mean, he was in Civil War. We're seeing him in IVX, um, and I think we're going to be seeing him elsewhere too. So I have a feeling that um, because he's such a unique character and what his powers are, I at least I think so. Um, I think we'll be seeing quite a bit of him down the line. I think he's he's way too way too cool of a character to just kind of let fade into the background yeah i i you'd hope so <laughs> because it, it has generally been a really good book and uh definitely recommend it cannot recommend it strongly enough mm. a must read exactly absolutely yeah. e- even if speaking of a... must reads yes <laughs> uncanny and humans 18 <laughs> oh my god what a fun <laughs> story what it was so much fun. What a great issue. Oh, Charles Soule just needs to write a Maximus solo. Oh, he God, really does. that's great. He Ch- does. Charles Soule just needs to uh, write in humans for just all time, just forever. <laughs> I, I do feel that it is, I feel a sense of uh, regret that this, this run is coming to an end, and he hasn't written more Maximus because he just excels at writing Maximus. I can <laughs> yes. hear the voice. He makes um, Maximus this smarmy, slimy, despicable character, but you still love him yeah. anyway because he's just so much fun. He's like this bad guy. You sit there and you go, you fucking asshole. And then you're sitting there laughing because it's just so much fun. Yeah. So anyways, in the story, uh, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's loosely an IVX tie-in, um, but it, it all focuses on Max and um, his two Goons, uh, the unspoken and lineage, who he broke out of the prison cells of New Adelan so that they could be, you know, his new gang friends, and he they can go ganging together. Um, Best friends, but yeah, you know, let's we let's go gang together. Um, but he can't find anything he wants to do. You know, uh, uh, he's bored. He, you know, gaining revenge on his brother that doesn't sound interesting. Taking taking over New Adelan that feels Destroying the world, been there, done that. Then he hears <laughs> he hears on the news that New Adelan has been laid siege by the X Men um, because uh, the Terrigen Cloud has proven poisonous to mutants, and he just has an epiphany. He's like, "That's the stuff. That's what I want." <laughs> um, so he's the so gears great. in his head are turning in quickly, and he's like, "All right, I know what to do." First, first he kicks uh, the unspoken out of the room. All right, and <laughs> go away on the balcony. Go on. Right. For some reason, his powers here because. <laughs> well, uh, good. Artist uh, Kim Jacinto um, decides to draw the unspoken as looking just like an elder Alan Arkin. Um, I have no idea like who that is, man. <laughs> Oh, you don't know who's Alan Ark? Okay, never mind. <laughs> he goes, go wait on the balcony. And it's like, all right. And then he has Lineage, who has this ability to um, summon forth any of his ancestors dating way, way back in time to find one ancestor who knows a thing or two about 
pterogenesis. Um, and it turns out that he does have an ancestor who was a lab assistant or something of the great Randak and knows all about how to, I guess, engineer pterogen crystals. But he doesn't want Lineage to know any of this stuff, so he has him listen to a Walkman while he talks to this person that's coming out of his stomach. Um, and then to ensure that, that he doesn't get that information, he stabs the stomach or the head with a fork um, so and kills him. Ridiculous. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, Lineage, Lineage is pissed. He's like, you stabbed me. And he says, no, I only kind of stabbed you, so you shouldn't be upset. Um I can't do it justice. You need to read it. Anyways. Uh, yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing. It really is. So he now has the information he needs to like, allegedly manufacture Terrigen crystals. He can do this and essentially <clears throat> end the war because the there will be no more reason to keep the, the Terrigen cloud around if he can do this. But first he decides he needs to bust out his his pal Triton in prison. Uh, so he uses the last crystal he has to give uh, the unspoken powers, um, who then busts into um, a shield detention center in New Mexico, collects Triton, brings him back, at which point um, Maximus makes the mother of all dad jokes and says, nice to see you, with C, C spelled S-E-A. <laughs> oh my god, it was so bad it was good um and then basically says triton you need to join us because we're going to uh we're going to end the war and we're going to be heroes and the the royal family will welcome you back with uh open arms um, and triton's like uh yeah i don't believe a word you're saying but he like basically blackmails triton into it anyway right he also goes he also um dials up uh uh, Banyan on the phone to say you got to get in on this. Uh, who was the um, the villain introduced in the uh, Uncanny and Humans annual uh, this last fall? Um, oh yeah, he's a very cool, a very cool character. Uh, he's like a uh, he he ran the criminal underground of uh, of uh, Mumbai and um, he's uh, Grid's arch nemesis. So he's going to get in on the ganging. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens next. Um, no. It's just, it's, it's kind of, the whole issue runs like a, a sort of a crazy, inhuman version of Ocean's 13 or something. And, uh, yeah, and, and he's like, really but, but he's like, well, he's like, we could be heroes, but I don't know if I want to be. So, because <laughs> he's like trying to make this decision. He's like, ah, I don't know. Do I want to be a hero? I don't know. <laughs> it's just really, it's and I actually think that this is probably part of what's going to send the um, royal family into space because the whole premise of royals is that there's something missing from Terragenesis that they have to go into space to find. So even yeah. though he has the crystals, there's some there's one piece they're missing to actually be able to use them for Terragenesis is what it sounds like, and that's why I think the royals are going to go into space. So I think this is leading into royals. Um, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. So. I, I, thing is, though, aren't Terrigen uh, Crystals kind of, like, grown? Wasn't that established at some point? Yes, I think it was. So, the the matter has been introduced, retconned, and retconned again so many times that I don't even know. 
<laughs> because so, my, my question be was anything. was was more just like, is he going to be like cult- cultivating them like some sort of I don't know some sort of courgette plant? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so you can have a little a little window, but a window sill with a little pot of pterogen crystals just growing out of. No, it looks like they have to grow in because the, the cover for the next one I think shows. I don't know if it's Triton, but they look like they're swimming underwater and yeah. they're harvesting yeah, crystals that way. So I have the covers feeling. are all done by Fraser Irving for the next for this issue and the next two issues, and they're beautiful. Mm. They are. Um, uh, and the the cover for issue twenty, which will be the last one, sorry, um, it kind of has Maximus standing there, and it's raining crystals on him. So he's. But you know, this is how you do a tie-in book. Yeah. You make an independent story that you can read on its own, and uh, that does tie in to the event, but at the same time, it is its own tale, and um, right, it's, it's really fun. It's just fantastic. You know, and you uh, and I don't want to throw shade or anything, but you juxtapose it to the tie-in books uh, the, on the X-Men side of things, and it's like so grim and sad and boring. Um, <laughs> it's a nice uh, foil. Yeah, it's like it th- is. Th- this... I, I think actually I've seen. Sorry to interrupt you, Adam. That's right. I, I, I've seen some uh, some of the. Um, and I hate to bring this up, but I'm bringing it up. But <laughs> some of the uh, more uh, vocal X. Men fans who are very anti-inhuman um, actually had read this one and they were like, "Okay, this was a, a good issue," and they were <laughs> they they all kind of grudgingly admitted that they enjoyed it. And I'm like, "Well, you should wow. probably read more of it." That's an accomplishment. Yeah, I I've seen a couple of them go. You know, I I really actually kind of like this issue, and I don't know if they liked it because now like that because Maximus like solved the problem basically and is now going to exploit it for his own good or for his own means. Um, or if, if maybe they're like, huh. And, and they'll go back and read some of the other human books. I don't know. But, you know, well, I think it makes the argument of why, you know, why the inhuman side, the reasons why, I mean, I really can't hundred percent get behind the inhumans rationale in this war because I mean, if the Terrigen Cloud is going to exterminate all mutant life, I mean, that's... <laughs> you got to stop that. I, I think um, they... But you, but you understand where they're coming from. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we'll probably come on to this in a minute when we discuss IVX, but my point is always um, that the X-Men are trying to punish the Inhumans for something that was created by one man and right. that the Inhumans actually put someone on and actually got him to try and work out how to get rid of this cloud or at least work out a way for it to stop uh, killing mutants and the x-men don't seem to appreciate that or at least and and when they actually went to well i don't i don't i don't agree with that i i mean they 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 had to get desperate because they found out that in you know 48 hours or something like that uh the the cloud will bind with the nitrogen in the in the atmosphere and the entire planet will be completely inhospitable to to mutant life well yeah so I, I can understand they're I can understand that desperate side of things. yeah i mean desperate yeah i suppose desperation of course but i i think the idea that they still think that the inhumans know how to get rid of it or at least know how to stop it from and roaming the earth right. is you know that, that it's kind of a bit of a push for me and that's, that's... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting the impression from 
And I, I, I mean, I understand where the X-Men are coming from, but it seems to me like some of the X-Men, not all of them, but some of them feel like the Inhumans are holding back. And, and, and that's not really the case. It's not that they're holding back. It's that they're trying to find a solution that works for both parties. But unfortunately, yeah. they run out of time. And, and the, the Inhumans have... And again, this this might be biased because this is an Inhumans podcast for me, but <laughs> might be a little bit biased. But um, the Inhumans are trying to do it a lot more diplomatically, and because I think trying to wage a war is a little bit undiplomatic. Uh, and and once again, I see the <laughs> I see why the X Men are desperate because they only have a limited time and then they all die. So, yeah, I suppose. so at the same time, it's, it's, I, I see why, and, and maybe a time for diplomacy is at its end, but at the same time, I, I feel like maybe they, they shouldn't. I hear, I see where you're coming from, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of like on that thing where, where instead of maybe attacking New Adelan, maybe they should have just once again gone for the other cloud, I would think, instead of just. <laughs> yeah, instead of wasting their resources a little bit. <laughs> well, that's, know, that's the impression I think I, I, I've gotten that looking at the, the previews for issue three is that the siege of Adelan, uh, of New Adelan is simply a, a cover to keep all the Inhumans busy while Forge no. and Old Man Logan set up this machine in Alberta, Canada that's going to destroy the cloud. Well, um, maybe before we go further, maybe we should just jump into yeah. what happened in IVX2 before we go to the preview. Yeah, let's let's do that. You got it. <laughs> well, not a lot happens in IVX2 except for one long awesome battle. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a bit Medusa bit sweet was though. Badass. Can we just say how badass Medusa was cuz yeah. she just was a total badass with and- like the razors in her hair and she just was awesome. See, I know I, um, yeah. I, I, one of the one of the first things I said on this podcast was Black Bolt. I wanted him to come back and sort of be, you know, rightful king of the Inhumans and all that sort of rubbish. Um, yeah, I've completely changed my opinion now. Medusa needs to stay <laughs> as the queen. She, she's just, yeah, she's great. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's a fun, it's a it's a fun issue. It's, um, you know, the, the X Men are at the gates. They're about yeah. to break in. And Medusa is shouting orders, getting, you know, all the front guard ready, all non-combatants into hiding. And, you know, she dons this formidable battle armor that has all these axes in her hair. And it's, awesome. it's really cool. I mean, it's... Um, She's like, come at me, bro. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, you know, it, it reminded me of uh, the, the movie version of The Two Towers, the Lord of the Rings book. Oh, okay, you know yeah. what I'm talking about when the the big uh, all of the bad guys are attacking the tower, uh, the the gates or whatever. In any case, um, it's just it's very uh, it has that sort of cinematic feel to yeah, it. Yeah, and uh, but but I think the thing is right. And uh, going back to the whole um, X fans well, versus and, to... sorry, you can't carry on. No, go ahead. Okay, well I was just going going back to. Um, sort of like the X-Fans and the Humans fans, that sort of stuff. And I've seen a lot of X-Fans kind of gloating, um, saying, oh, you know, the X-Men are going to beat up on the Inhumans. I hope they stomp them and all that sort of awful kind of thing. But we're at issue two <laughs> out of six. Yeah. You know, if, if the X-Men are going to do their big push at issue two, 
then I think there's an awful lot more to come because Lemire and Soul are excellent at pacing their books. Um, so I think there is a hell of a lot more to come. And I, and I think that the Inhumans might be on the back foot now, but I, I think they're going to turn that around. I, that's probably a pretty good bet. Um, but they certainly get their ass handed to them this time. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. There's, there's something else as well, which was the fact that they've put all of the Inhumans, or the big Inhumans, so was it Medusa, um, who else is in... Was it, is it, are they in Limbo, or are they in... They're in Limbo. They're That's in what, limbo. Yeah. basically what the battle was. So, basically, the the X-Men attack, in, attack Adelan, and they they go after the, the heavy hitters. Like, they go after Medusa, they go after uh, uh, Frank, um, they've got Crystal, they've got um, Flint, they've got Johnny. Um, so, they've got all of them. The only ones who managed, I think, to escape were Iso and... Um, Dante Inferno and uh, they find Eldrak who we haven't seen since in human and that was just really awesome yeah nice uh, callback it was a really nice callback and I didn't realize he was on um, the shores of New Jersey but apparently that's where he was I was like oh look at that that's where he was (laughs) I thought he was like on Long Island somewhere but there we go and um (laughs) six in one hand half a dozen right exactly so and then um so Iso managed to wake up Eldrak and transport them to where Doc was staying. We find uh, Old Man Logan and Forge. You said so. I'm not familiar with as familiar with the X Men. Yeah, and, I think uh, it was. I think it was Forge there. Yeah, it's a great chase scene that leads to that. It um, really is. Uh, uh, Angel, Angel and Wolverine, Laura. but it's uh, the new Wolverine. Uh, yeah, Laura um, X23, Laura. Laura. And they're chasing, and you know, Iso and and Dante are on some sort of, you know, Star Wars uh, speeder bike, um, and uh, <laughs> Angel just throws Wolverine at her, and she slices through the the speeder bike in midair. It's a really cool scene, and but Iso manages to buffer their fall with uh, her Iso powers. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and uh, it's some sort of vacuum doodad. Uh, so uh, right as as Wolverine's about to catch up with them, they they manage to wake up Eldrak, and Eldrak's power is that he can teleport anyone to where they need to go. It's it's kind of a an abstract thing. He doesn't teleport and, you where you want to go. He teleports you where you need to go. And Eldrak and he teleports is, them. Yeah, go ahead. Eldrak is one of the uh, more unique looking Inhumans. He's a lot like Hub. You he he can't really move. Um, so he's kind of stationary unless, you know, Lin builds him a body and then he destroys the body and whatever. So... Yeah. His, his look kind of reminds me, uh, again, this is this is just me showing my geek card, but he kind of reminds me of the Pokemon nose pass for some reason. Uh, yes, but without the giant nose. Yeah. And he's like, a, he's almost more like a, like the, um, in Sun and Moon, he's like the Rotom. Oh, the Rotom yeah. Pokedex. Yeah. He's more like that, but he's giant door. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? Uh, well, uh, I don't Pokemon? worry about it, Doc. You're <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay, so he's a Pokemon. Um, Looks like it, yeah. He's a doorway. Yeah. This is the worst Terrigen power ever. I mean, can you imagine you, you get turned I don't into know. a piece I think, of furniture? I but, think Hub's got it pretty bad, too, because Hub feels pain if he's not using his power. So. So, I think so, Hub is no longer with us. So the, the, the point about Limbo, which I was, I was going to add to, um, was the fact that they've sent the Inhumans to Limbo, 
Well, we were still where... talking about old gag teleport in the door. I, I know, but this is this is quite important. <laughs> oh, okay. It's just, get, get it's it just the chest, fact buddy. that they send them to Limbo, where the school is. School. I mean, well, oh, they, yeah. Right. Yeah, there's, you know, the new, well, the Xavier School or Jean Grey School or whatever it's called. <clears throat> Why? <laughs> because surely that's the most dangerous position to put them in. Well, well... I don't know. Desperate times, desperate. Measures. Well, yeah, I know, but it's just. The I mean, limbo's pretty big, right? I mean, it's it's limitless. It's True, limbo. but you've you know you've got people there that can do an awful lot of damage, and it's just kind of well, if you if they're anywhere near the school, then that's going to be pretty dangerous when you've got a. I don't think they're near the school, but um, that's where we find them at the end of IVX. Is all the Inhumans are like on this mountain, and they're surrounded by demons and. Uh, yeah. Be interesting to see uh, how they how they uh, get themselves out of it because I think in a couple of the X Men tie-ins we see that Monet has uh, kind of gone on all vampire, and yeah. some of the more uh, innocent residents of New Adelan uh, have gotten transported to Limbo too by accident, and uh, Monet kind of made a dinner out of them, and uh, maybe some of the demons did too, and uh, yeah, so I don't know if that's that's going to play out too if Medusa's going to find that out and shit's going to hit the fan big time. Yeah. I, I, I kind of I think that <clears throat> issue three to six is just going to be an absolute you know, carnage fest. Not the character, but <laughs> just in general. I, I well, it, it, in any case, issue three we'll see um, Inferno and ISO take on Logan yeah. and Forge. I think um, there's gonna be a lot of angry X fans, you know, <laughs> upset that Wolverine loses a fight. But I think he's going to lose a fight to. You think he'll to, lose? Um, I think well, he'll lose. It, it, it hasn't been brought up since way back in in Human Annual One, but um, Inferno has regenerative powers too. Remember, he got his right. whole arm cut off and right. then was able to grow it back almost instantly. Because, right, because it's like he's like magma on the inside now. Yeah, so he's he's a lot tougher than people think and old man logan isn't as tough as he used to be i mean no. i think his his regenerative powers are much more limited than than his younger self well here's um, a question for you like if iso can control pressure and yeah. it seems like sort of very similar air powers couldn't she pull what crystal likes to pull every now and then which is just like suck the air out of people's lungs and make them pass out yeah she could she could yeah. apply it she... crystal loves to do that and i would figure you know crystal might have showed her that little trick yeah, I, I think that's. Well, she a can case. do all kinds of things. She can create a little embolism right in the middle of uh, someone's yeah, because she brain can, and she can control essentially pressure, can't she? That's what ISO yeah. means, isn't it? So she can control blood pressure, um, air pressure, water pressure. Uh, you know, she could essentially sort of just boil you from the inside out. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be. <laughs> she's a tough. She's a tough one. Yeah, and um, she, she's she's a she's a quite a heavy hitter for what when you actually consider what her power is, right? right and anyway. I I think um, she's often underestimated. Yes, <clears throat> so I think it'd be good to see her in action. Really, it will be because we haven't really seen ISO in action and and truly seen what she she can really do. So I think she'll be she'll be fun to watch. Definitely, uh, and she's quite yeah. clever. She's really smart too. On top of all that, um, right. And spending all that time with Beast, I'm sure she's she's got she's learned to uh, have some uh, tricks up her sleeve too. So I think she, also I think, uh, the 
the cover shows all of the the newer, younger Inhumans uh, entering into the fray. So we could see Moon Girl, Miss Marvel, uh, Quake, Daisy Johnson, uh, Synapse. I'm looking all, forward to seeing Synapse in. in action. I think, well, one, he's got a really cool outfit. and um, But two, she he's not a cool character. I, I don't really know her that well. I don't read Uncanny Avengers, but she just seems like a pretty cool character. And I and I don't think even in Uncanny Avengers we've really seen her let loose and see what she can do. And I would like to see what Charles Soule does with her. Yeah. Because he hasn't in her at all. And I would really, really love to see what he does with her because I, I actually think she could be a really interesting character. Well, it's going to be quite pivotal. I'm I'm a touch concerned. I hope it gets the play it deserves because um, Synapse, albeit a cool character, she is not a friend of New Adeline. She does not like the Terrigen Cloud. She does not like what has happened to her and her grandfather. She's pretty much not pro-inhuman. And neither is Moon Girl. No. And for them to suddenly become, you know, mem- you know, go against the X-Men, it needs to be handled really well. Yeah. Uh, it needs to be explained. Um, right. Because you just have and them how, jump in. How, how does, like, and that's, yeah, that's where it's going to be, like, especially Moon Girl, I think, how they get her into it, that that's going to intrigue me. Like, I can kind of see how how Synapse or Synapse, I say Synapse, um, synapse. How, how they how she gets into it. I mean, she's an Avenger, essentially. And, um, and I think I can kind of see why she, and she, and she's, and she kind of does have some background with the, at the Inhumans of Adelan, because she did meet Medusa and all of that. But Moon Girl she hasn't never yet. talked to. Yeah, Moon Girl right. doesn't. Um, so it'll be particularly interesting how Moon Girl gets dragged into it, unless they just want her brains, because she can figure out, maybe she can figure out something that the rest of them can't. And well, she has the, a giant the, great the, dinosaur. The, well, yeah, that. <laughs> freaking awesome. Yeah. A, a cover, an upcoming issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, we'll see uh, her teaming up with the extraordinary X-Men team. I don't know if that will be before or after the events of IVX. I imagine... Somewhere. I was going to say, I did. I thought I read somewhere that there was going to be a human fighting for the X-Men, and then there was going to be... An X Men switch, an X Man rather switching sides, which is what the whole preview for issue four is. Yeah. So maybe um, Moon Girl's on the X Men side. Yeah, that's what I was kind of heading towards. Well, first we're going to see her fight Young Beast and Young Iceman because okay. we've been we've been told that fight is going to happen, and I wonder if they just attack her, assuming she's going to be on the uh, Inhuman side, and she's or maybe, on, she's on her own side. Or maybe Beast or maybe just talks Beast to her. Or, or maybe Beast and Iceman just want to punch a dinosaur. Because <laughs> who doesn't want to punch a dinosaur? Um, I don't. And, mind. I, and I just and I just want to see a dinosaur get brain freeze. So maybe we will all get there our. You go. Uh, we'll all get our. Uh, our get wants, our wishes. Our wishes. Yeah. <laughs> I just hope it's handled well because um, to just have them suddenly, you know, uh, both Synapse and, and Moon Girl, to have them suddenly become pro-inhuman would be. It would not do their uh, their characters justice. Because, no, that's very um, true. Um, in in Uncanny Avengers, which I'm sort of loosely following, it's not a it's not a top pull for me. But uh, Synapse used to come very close with Rogue and very uh, sympathetic of the 
uh, mutants' plight, and she does not identify with the Inhumans. Um, she's angry at them for for what's happened to her and her yeah. brother and grandfather. I think that will play um, well so, into you know in, into the I just, AVX, yeah. I just want Soul and Lemire to be respectful of what Duggan and Reader and Montclair are doing in their individual. I books. I think they will. Yeah. I I I'm pretty sure that they'll follow that continuity or continuity. I can't say continuity. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So I think I think that'll be interesting to watch. So uh, number three or IVX number two is just a giant big battle, which is which is more of a setup. beautifully illustrated by um. Oh my god! By yeah. Le- Le- Neil Yu and David. Shirelle, when you could you uh, could literally with, imagine um, it as a cartoon going on in going actually on on television really it was that yeah. good yeah 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 it was that good so ivx continues it, to be i looked it up crossover the this the battle it, it's the siege of the fortress of hornberg there's some nerdness for you okay um, um, from from the two towers okay <sighs> i have to admit, um, I have next a, issue it's a different it. illustrator it's going to be uh javier garen um, and he's a great illustrator too, so it's it's going to continue to have fantastic art. Yeah, mm-hmm. IVX has been a fantastic crossover and is an example of I think how crossovers should be done. Yeah, yeah I, I think when you compare it to um, AVX, which was what was five years ago, um, I think I don't think IVX. Uh, AVX. AVX. <laughs> I don't think that one was handled. Yeah, I don't think that was handled brilliantly. But then it, it had to go into, you know, the whole new Marvel Now initiative. So I, I, I think it was kind of dictated to, as to where to go and that kind of thing. So, well, the the un, unlike this one, the the reason for the conflict was generated very quickly. The yeah. reason for this conflict has been percolating over the last several months. Yeah, um, I mean, it's pretty much a, since the end of Secret Wars, isn't it? So. Yeah, you know that's effectively in in um, I suppose in real time, it's been going for uh, four years nearly. <laughs> Which <laughs> that's yeah, it's a long time. It, I'm pretty sure it's four years because Infinity was 2013, if I remember, <laughs> and that was when the big explosion was. So that's insane. Yeah, that makes me feel old. Yeah, yep. you're not old. Okay, not so. <laughs> nope. Um, let's switch so, gears. Yeah. Let's switch gears. Um, we've had some uh, Inhuman television show news recently too. Um, we've had a casting announcement that the casting call was out, and the the the, the casting call descriptions for each character. Yeah. Which we're not even trying to hide. But, um, and we've also had a uh, director uh, announced as well. Looks like uh, it was uh, his name is Roll Ryan. Something like that. It's uh, a it's a Dutch name, isn't it? So it's so if you say it really angrily, I'm that's right. <laughs> well, the thing is, um, yeah, just just going on a complete tangent here. Um, we we had some Dutch menus printed out for our vending machines at work, and they just sound when you try and pronounce it, it just sounds so angry. It's just like make my drink is like make my drink. It's like what? Oh, jeez, just <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. To our to our Dutch listeners, we apologize. I'm sorry. I'm not. I, I just the language appears. It's like um, it's like the dragon language in Skyrim. Yes. Yeah. And I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> sure you were. Sure you were. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. um, 
So I, I don't know who he is, but apparently he's done some episodes of Black Sails, which gets pretty good reviews. So we'll we'll see how we'll see how he does with our Inhumans. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the majority going... of sorry, the the majority of um, TV shows he's done were just uh, just Dutch TV shows. So I don't think he's done a huge amount of TV, but he has done a few movies. It looks like mostly direct to video movies. Um... Yeah. It's basically sequels of every bad movie out there. We have Death Race oh, 2, come on. The Marine see, 2, see, 12 this Rounds is, This two. is where I got... Re- Death yeah, Race okay. 3, so, Hard Target 2. So, so you <laughs> this said this. this. This was a conversation on, on CBR the other day, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And I, I got quite defensive because I said that's like judging Josh Trank, uh, his entire directorial career, by, you know, Fant4Stick. Um... Fan, oh, fan forced again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and judge that because that was bad enough to ruin anyone's career. It, yeah, it ruined his. It probably ruined his career. But the movie he did before was actually quite good. That's all I'm going to say. That his, was uh, his Chronicle. That yeah. was a good movie. Yes. And and he, you know, if you judge his entire career on one bad movie, then I, I feel it's like trying to judge someone on one mistake. So stop it. One mistake. It's uh, it's uh, come on. The Scorpion King 3 Battle for Redemption. This is a lot of mistakes. Uh, yeah, SEAL but... Team 8. SEAL Team 8? <laughs> but eight, but eight. his TV shows have, have garnered some... Yeah. Good... His, his TV shows apparently were quite good. Um, oh, I... Bloody Blood Drive? He did an I'm episode just... called The Fucking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're really not helping our cause here. Doc is going all pessimistic now. Come on, Doc, we can't. We've, we've got to hold the faith. Although, I, I am concerned that all okay. does seem a little bit no, rushed no, no, in last no. minute. Hang on, let me, let, me just, um, let me just reiterate some comments that I found quite good on CBR, which was, um, let's look at a certain director who um, directed the Scooby-Doo movies um, oh. and then went on to uh, direct probably one of the most successful Marvel movies ever. Which was Guardians of the Galaxy, or the writer? Oh, James Gunn did Scooby Doo. Yeah, he did. Or the writer huh. for um, the writer for Twilight. I enjoyed the. So I the, enjoyed the Scooby Doo movies. <laughs> get out. Um, so the the, the screenwriter. For, the first one. The screenwriter for the Twilight movies. She went on to become the showrunner of Jessica Jones. Okay. So. Okay. I, well, yeah, I just want. I'm just trying to persuade Doc to realize that you have valid points. Yeah, I, I think that if Marvel have made Just that decision, was fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And and Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy was fantastic. And um, I'm trying to think of you know other non-known directors or or whatever. But I can't think of any right now. So yeah, well, well the look I'm, at the Russo brothers. I... They used to direct. Um, what was the TV the show? Community. Yes, and they went and did Captain America: Civil War yeah. and The Winter Soldier, and how good were those movies? So I trust Marvel's Unity judgment. Was a great series. I do. Yeah, <laughs> we should trust Marvel's judgment. That said, uh, okay. be, be quiet, Doc. Them. Be quiet. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just nervous. I've been I've been an Humans fan forever. And yeah, I, well, I, can't so I have that. a certain degree of what? of. Um, uh, I guess provocation. I've heard. I just I want them to do it justice, and I feel like 
they haven't even started filming. They haven't cast the show, and they're still shooting for September, that's, late September that's air what date. I'm concerned about. That's where my concern lies. It's not. It's not in. I mean, I'm a little concerned about the director, but Adam made good points. But what I'm what I'm worried about is, yeah, that they haven't cast anything and they haven't even begun filming yet. So I feel like they're rushing it. I would rather they almost delay the movie till like next winter sure. or something. See, and, I, like, I I kind of I will disagree with you there because if you look at shows like, um, so I'm trying to think of a good example like Doctor Who. So Doctor Who is usually twelve episodes a year. Right? Or 13, right. 12 episodes a year, including Christmas special. So, you know, 13 episodes all in all. So that started filming, um, from what I can remember, last, uh, last summer, so it was last August, for an April release. So the month of August, I believe, was just solely down to filming the Christmas special. So from September to April, bear in mind, April is, is when we're likely to see Doctor Who next. They've been filming, writing, filming, and all that sort of stuff. And it, it'll probably be on a similar level to Doctor Who, you know, CGI-wise okay. and, and that only, sort of stuff. It's true, and it's only eight episodes as well. So they're not filming, like, 22 episodes like they do each year for Agents of yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. that's what I mean. It's kind but, of like, and don't forget... Adam, you know, Doctor Who has been, is the longest-running series in the history of television. Yeah. They've been doing it for 50 years. They've gotten it down to a science. Yeah, but that's, right. that's, that's kind that, of my point. If, if 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 the Inhumans TV show can kind of take that ability, which I'm pretty sure they will do, because Agents of Shield films in very quick short time, um, considering the amount of episodes, anyway. Yeah, but this is the first season; they don't even have a cast yet. Once you have a cast, I think it's different. But how long does it take? The fact I just feel like they're trying to get the show filmed. Like I think almost, I almost feel like for a show that has no cast yet. I, I, I think... feel like they're rushing it, especially if they uh, need to get a Adam, cast. Adam, I appreciate your unbridled enthusiasm. <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm they, trying to be a... a film in, they're filming in March, and they don't have a cast yet, and it's almost February. Well, yeah, That's but do, where do you, I'm concerned. Do you think that they would announce the cast as soon as they've... Um, you know, decided on someone because that's that's kind of like saying, "Oh, we cast this person in this role, but he hasn't filmed anything yet." That's well, kind they of... did it with Brie Larson. Well, yeah, they've done it. Okay, how do how do I put this? <laughs> <laughs> Get frustrated. Right. So, so okay, okay. Let, let me put it in another way, kind of considering this podcast. So, every Sorry. time we've ever had a guest on on this podcast, we've never advertised it until we've done the uh, the actual episode itself. Right. So, in my opinion, Brie Larson, yes, she's been cast at Captain Marvel, but that can all change because it's a big Hollywood movie. But they've probably screen tested her, and they've probably sorted out all the contract obligations and that kind of stuff. So, with you know the likes of TV shows, I think that they're likely to film a few episodes before they actually announce them. So. They're but sure. they just released the casting call asking for people to come and audition. But th- this is this is where I question that because did no. they? Oh, you think that's a front? I I think I think that they'd be going to agents first. I think they'd be going to Hollywood agents and saying, "Listen, we need this kind of actor. Do you know anyone?" And I think they've likely to have been screen testing. Uh, yeah. Well, I will grant you that I know. You might have it. You might be right there. 
I, yeah, I just, I. I just think that maybe if we, maybe if we get Jeff Thorne on this, sh- he can enlighten us. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah, hey, we're, we're, we're trying, we're trying to get you know a big, a big, big Kahuna in. The the the, the, the descriptions um, confirm for us that the show will center around the royal family. That the main characters will be Black Bolt, Medusa, Crystal, Maximus, Triton, Gorgon, and Karnak. So but, we know that for sure now. And keep in mind that they have series regulars names next to um, everyone, I think, but Triton. Triton, I think it's just going to be such a CGI-intensive character, we're not going to see a lot of him. Yeah, but, that um, makes sense. And, uh, but uh, all the other ones Triton always say... Triton a short end. <laughs> he does. But, um, but I think all the other ones, they said in the character descriptions that uh, they're series regulars, so... Um, we'll see. What also I thought was interesting was um, the ages they they used to describe like who they wanted. So they have yeah. like Medusa and Black Bolt thirty to forty, and I think Karnak or Triton thirty to forty, and then no, Gorgon was slightly younger. Yeah, Gorgon was twenty five to thirty five, and I think somebody else, and then Crystal was the youngest. Yeah, so... Chris, Crystal was. Um... 18 to 25 because they were I, I don't understand why they're doing like an 18 year age gap basically between Medusa and Crystal well, but. well there's like a 10 year age gap between them in the comics so it's going to be somewhere in there depending on the age of the actress they get for Medusa I yeah, don't think true, yeah. not that it really, really I mean I just found that that it was interesting that that's why that's why there's such an age gap between the actresses for Medusa and Crystal, but I yeah, thought no, Gorgon true. was younger than I thought it was going to be, and I keep forgetting that he's only a little bit older than Crystal, and I, I forgot about that. I thought that was interesting, too. But it makes sense, because right. he's so hot-tempered. Um, I, what, what, what I found disappointing was they specifically um, re- required that the, the actors for, Real Fam- for uh, Medusa, Black Bolt, and Crystal be Caucasian. Um, that was really disappointing, um, but maybe they'll change that mind. Depends. Yeah, actors always look younger, older, or whatnot. I mean, I they can cast a a, a woman who's forty to play Medusa as a thirty-year-old, and someone who's twenty to play Crystal as a eighteen-year-old. It's, it, you know, it's. Uh, the, I think the age gap between Medusa and Crystal is supposed to be about five to ten years. Um, yeah. So. However, it plays out in the TV show was is likely to be similar. I suppose, I also, when humans age slower than they're like Vulcans, they uh, they live like uh, two hundred years. It's kind of like um, Robert Downey Jr. cast as Iron Man. The fact yeah, that he's, he's he's almost sixty, right? Well, he's he's mid fifties, early to mid fifties, um, and yeah, he he plays a you know thirty five, forty year old guy basically. So yeah, but with with and guys, I hate to I hate to break this to you, but us lady, the lady actresses, they don't they don't get that kind of benefit of a doubt. If you're a woman and you're over the age of thirty, um, your chances of getting, you know, yes, it is. They, they, y- there's such an age gap between the men and the women. If you if they if they post like, look at look at, and I hate to bring this up, look at the age gap between Scarlett Johansson and Mark Ruffalo. In the yeah. Avengers movies. I mean, every time there's a female love interest and the actor is older, like, and I'm talking like in his late 40s, early 50s, the actress, I can guarantee you, will probably be in their late 20s, early 30s. They are never, and, and that, 
bugs the piss out of me. Yeah, and, no, you're right, you're right. The, the age and, gap and the wage gap are, yeah. are yeah. tremendous. And I, I'm really hoping they stick with that age range for Medusa and Black Bolt, and they, and they, I hope they cast someone over the age of 30, 35 for Medusa, because, um, I just think there needs to be more of that. I like how Ming-Na Wen over in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in her 50s and still kicking ass, and I think there needs to be more of that. Definitely. And she's, like, the best character other than, you know, she's, in my opinion, I mean, I only watched up until sort of middle of last season, but she, in my opinion, was one of the best characters in there, easily. Oh, May is definitely a favorite. Um, Everyone loves May. You can't. um, So I think I really kind of hope that when they cast particularly Medusa and Crystal, that the actresses are in the higher age range um, that was specified on that call sheet than, um, than younger. I really do hope. Seren, aren't you could go out and, 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 and uh, audition. Oh, hell no. I probably <laughs> could, on. though. I mean, I, I, am, I, am, I do look a lot younger than I truly am, and most people think I'm younger than I am. And you're but, a talented no. actress. Oh, God, no, yes. I'm not. <laughs> Why don't you ever, you ever thought of yourself as Crystal? I've been told I should cosplay as her, but no. I don't cosplay. <laughs> right. I have been I'll... told that I should, though. Wow. I would, I would be a mean crystal. I'll audition that. for Lockjaw. <laughs> <laughs> you dog, you. <laughs> I, though, and they've been saying with the TV show, um, and I know we're kind of running close to time here, but they've been saying with the TV show that um, it's really not going to have any effect on S.H.I.E.L.D., but you know what? I think I'm going to call bullshit on that because how can it not have effect on you? Because I think it would be way cooler if the Inhumans did its own thing and obviously you focus on the royal family, but I really want to see, depending on how the TV show goes, if it's it's like Jenkins and Lee runs where the world finds out about them, I really want to see the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. react to that. I want to see them, like, flip the fuck out. Yeah, I I want to see, like, uh, I think... Especially since in a couple of seasons ago in Agents of Shield, they they kind of delved into the ancient Inhuman settlements. They 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 have come across a couple of them. So I want to see the Agents of Shield react to this, and I really do hope that that the shows, um, or at least Agents of Shield, kind of ties in. And I can kind of see if if after the eight episodes of Inhumans, if Crystal from whoever they cast from Inhumans winds up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I will not be surprised in the least because I can absolutely see it happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if the first eight seasons, uh, first eight episode season... We hope for uh, eight seasons. <laughs> if it garners a second season, if, it, if, it's, if it's successful enough to, you know, get a second season, then I think for, for sure we'll see crossover with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I don't see why they, why I wouldn't. You know, um, do you know who else I'd like network. to? Do you know who else I'd like to turn up in sort of the Inhumans? Miss no. Marvel. Miss Marvel, yes. I, I, People honestly... are calling for Miss Marvel in the Captain Marvel movie. Really? And yes, they That'd want they want Kamala Khan in the in showing up with Captain Marvel. I think, and I think Kamala Khan would actually be a better fit. I mean, I know she is an Inhuman. And I think she should be an Inhuman in the movies if she if she shows up in them. Yeah, I think she would be a better fit for the Avengers and uh, Captain Marvel than she would be for like the Inhumans and the Agents of Shield. Yeah, um, you're probably right there. There's no doubt about that. I mean, it, it's just, um, you know, I, I hate to bring this up again, but a lot of points made about Miss Marvel from certain people is that if it was any other time, she would potentially be a mutant. 
Um, sure. But I think there's there's so much benefit to have having having her being an Inhuman, just because of the fact that Marvel can then use her in the cinematic universe and that sort of stuff. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it'd be it would be amazing to have a pop up here and there. Yes. Well, it's un- it's you cannot deny that if if Miss Marvel was introduced 15 years ago, she would have been a mutant and probably an X Men. But 15 years ago, uh, a main character uh, being a young Muslim girl in her own series probably wouldn't have happened. So we can't separate the time from you know circumstance. It's uh, she's it's it's the now, and I mean she's terrific. I think she should have her own movie. I think mm-hmm. it'd be very successful. Yeah, definitely. But, uh, I, I mean, I, don't get me I, wrong. I'm a huge Carol Danvers fan. I'm I'm all about Captain Marvel. Um, but I think that Miss Marvel could exist as well. I do, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, she could. But I I I like how her her origin is. You know, her name. She took Carol Danvers' name, and I really would like to see that kind of explored in the Captain Marvel movies. And right. you know, if she were to get her, if if Kamala gets her own movie, I would like I would like that to be still the basis of it i would I, I want captain marvel first in the mcu before we and we're going to get that before we get kamala is basically what i'm trying to say yeah it would be cool um to have uh this like if miss if captain marvel one is 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 a hit which i imagine it will be the sequel could be a lot like uh, the sequel to captain america which was very much about uh the winter soldier um so captain Marvel 2 could be Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel. <laughs> Whatever. Cap- Captain Marvel, um, the little soldier. The little soldier. Um, right, so that is our show. For yes. Uh, um, send us your questions, comments, and whatnot, and we, while they're still active, we will send you codes. Um, we got a ton of codes. Um, are we still doing questions? It seems like they got turned off. Uh, I, I turned off comments on the website for a little bit because we were getting an unbelievable amount of spam. Um, I noticed that, yeah. So, that so was, if, uh... if you guys want to tweet us with questions, the Twitter oh, yeah, tweet, is tweet. at AtalanRising1, um, or you can email us at the show at AtalanRising.com. So, right. Which is, yeah, is, 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 your, your input is always appreciated. Yep. Let us know so, what you'd like us to talk about. Yeah. Yep, also, or argue about. Well, yeah. I think Whatever also. Whatever the case um, may be. Yeah. I also uh, we we really enjoyed doing the by right of birth review um, because it was kind of a book that had been sitting on my shelf for some time and I hadn't read. But if you guys want us to review anything in particular, any particular runs, any sort of particular event, that sort of stuff, then as long as it's in humans related and not sort of you know an Avengers book or something, then we're happy to do it. <laughs> Yep, just let us know. So, yeah. And until next time. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you. <laughs>